you know, I'm always just fascinated at the companies that, that are based here and, and that relocate here and continue to relocate here, and especially the food business. Maybe it's all Norman Brinker's fault, but, boy, we have more restaurants and, and franchise operations in this area than anybody else. And one of the more intriguing ones is Korean fried chicken. It's a fast, casual concept of Korean fried chicken called banchan, and it is a, a worldwide phenomenon. And they're based here, have been for the last couple of years. Flynn Decker is CEO of Bonchon and joins us right now. It's good to have you with us. Hey, David. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. So I'm really interested. So you're, you know this business. In fact, you've been associated with a lot of, a lot of local companies, Wingstop and, and Pizza Inn and, and Blockbuster. And you, I know you've had your own restaurant down here. How do you get into Korean fried chicken? What's the wrinkle? Well, it, you know, so I was on a competitive uh, mission when I was with Wingstop, and I was trying just all different kinds of chicken across the country. And we started in New York, and we stopped by this little place called Bonchon on Fifth Avenue. And I was like, God, this stuff is great. I love it. But it's different than Wingstop because of the way we cook, we bread, our signature sauces that we make ourselves. So it, I thought, I just put it in the back of my mind. I thought, boy, this place is great. And then when I was planning on uh, leaving Wingstop, um, these folks came along and said, uh, hey, we're looking for a CEO. Private equity had come aboard and was uh, buying the majority interest from the founder. And I was like, I know your brand. I love your brand. This is the perfect marriage. And so um, back at the beginning of 2019, I came aboard. So there are f- close to 400 locations, I gather, worldwide, a l- little over 100 here in the U.S., and I would assume that you came on board right in the middle of the lockdown or COVID or, or right before it. So, so everything, I assume, ground to a halt? No, you know, uh, one would think so, and it did for a lot of my restaurant, uh, you know, uh, compatriots. But for us, so I got here at the beginning of 2019, so I, I had a year before, you yeah. know, pandemic set in. So in 2020, we were, um, I'd like to say we were smart slash lucky that we weren't a digitally savvy brand. So we didn't have online ordering. Um, We were primarily a casual dining concept in most of the markets, but we pivoted quickly. And in fact, we were one of the lucky ones that thrived during the pandemic. Because you could do takeout and that sort of thing. I would assume there were no drive-through windows at any of the locations. No, no drive-throughs, not yet anyway. But uh, but yes, we pivoted quickly. So our digital ordering um, really sustained us. So we saw double-digit same-store growth um, throughout the period of the pandemic. So what's the point of difference with, with Korean fried chicken? Well, the great thing is it's built on a base that we're all comfortable with, right? Fried chicken came from the U.S. and over to Korea during the Korean War, and then they put their spin on it. So it really is, the origin is here, but they put the spin on it, which is we double fry it. So we bread it, then we double fry it. So we put it in, we take it out, let it cool for a minute, and then we put it back in, which makes the outside really crunchy, but not fall apart crunchy, like savory crunchy but the inside remains super tender and well-cooked. So, um, and then we add our own signature sauces that we make in our own uh, global kitchen in Busan, South Korea. So we based it on with a brush 
versus the chicken wing guys. They don't bread typically, and they toss it in a bowl with a bunch of sauce. So ours is a little bit more sort of culinary expertise, I like to say. Well, when I saw the the first location I saw, I think was on, on Beltline in, in Addison. And I said, well, that's smart because there's an enormous Korean population here. I mean, I see, you know, Korean churches and, and, and especially a lot of small business owners are Korean. Is that... That can't be the only market that you're going after, though, can it? No, actually, it, it, it's an important part, certainly, but it is not really what we base our real estate decisions on. We have grown out of the, if you will, the Asian strip center, where you typically would find a Korean fried chicken concept. Um, we've grown out of that. So we really appeal to a broad and diverse audience, which is why we can be someplace like Addison near the near the tollway on Beltline or just in our new location in Frisco that we just opened up. So what what are the growth plans right now? Uh, you're at, at 100. The last I saw was 115, something like that, locations in the U.S. Are you ready to grow it now? We are. We've been we've been growing consistently um, over the since at least since I got here in 2019. We opened up 11 new restaurants in the U.S. alone last year. We'll open around 25 this year, um, and that's in addition to 20 to 30 internationally as well. So we're growing both in terms of store count and in the countries that we're in right now. So are you running the international operations from here also or just the U.S.? Uh, I get to run the whole thing. So it has wow. been, you know, while we while we have thrived during the pandemic in the U.S., it has been a patchwork of challenges across the country or across the world, when you think about the Philippines, where they just locked everything down and sort of threatened anyone who came out onto the street, Myanmar, where there was not only the pandemic, but there was a coup. Um, so it's been a very well, interesting uh, ride, I've got to say. <laughs> I, you're, you, know, you must use melatonin because you're talking about time zones, <laughs> the likes of which, I mean, a lot of these places are exactly 12 hours away. <laughs> Indeed. It is a, it is never a short plane ride. The good news is that my, my CFO, my chief financial officer, is based in Seoul, South Korea. So he can get to those countries faster and more efficiently than I can. So he runs sort of air coverage, if you will. Um, so I get to focus most of my attention on the U.S. domestic business. So what's the mix of company-owned versus franchise? Primarily franchise, right? It is, indeed. So in National markets, they're master franchises, so they have the right to open all the restaurants in the country. And in the U.S., um, individual franchises. So um, we only have five company locations currently, and we just opened, as I mentioned, the fifth one in Frisco uh, just this week. I mean, but that is one of your locations. It is. It is. So how do you how do you market this? And, and actually, the other thing is everybody seems to be having challenges with the supply chain. And commodities in general, I mean, you know, and poultry has been in very short supply. Is that a worldwide phenomenon or is that just in the U.S. that, that we're seeing these shortages? More so in the U.S., but the supply chain is it, it's really all interconnected, right? We all decided we were going to be a global economy many years back. Yeah. Um, that has its advantages, but it also has its disadvantages. So when China shuts down their Shanghai port, and all those ships are waiting to either unload or load, that creates a ripple effect across the world. Those ships have to go to other ports. They have to bring goods to the U.S. And so everybody is really affected. It's starting to unwind now. You don't see the as as many ships sitting off the coast waiting to unload, but uh, but it's certainly still an issue. And, and, and pricey. I mean, I, I assume you could get it, but 
but you got to pay through the nose to, to get pulled. Absolutely. Well, we, we thought, you know, years ago at, at, at Wingstop, when we, we saw $60, $70 a case for chicken wings, which, you know, primarily was the fall off product of the bird 20 years ago. Right. And you look at it now, that's $150 a case now or $160 at its peak. So um, it is hard to, we can't price our way um, out of this. We have to really focus on battening down the hatches, controlling costs, because oil, all of our main commodities, oil, chicken, you name it, it's all gone, you know, to record highs. Can you market your way out of this? How do you, you're up to 115, 70 locations right now, but they're scattered. So how do you, how do you effectively market something like that? That's a, that's a great question. So when I adopted the brand, if you will, um, uh, it was primarily East Coast and West Coast. So it makes it very hard to do anything in unison. But the good thing is the world has really changed, right? We can really now, using digital marketing, really target those specific trade areas around those restaurants to reach our target audience. So, so we really focus a lot on digital, and we're really working on leaning into the culture, too. There's this thing called Hallyu in Korean, which talks about the Korean cultural wave that they have purposely been working on for years to push the sort of the Korean culture out of their sort of their geographic boundaries. So you see um, uh, a Korean film won Best Oscar three years ago. Um, Squid Game was the biggest show on Netflix last year. The Korean boy bands are the biggest thing sort of in music globally. So I feel like we're the food part of that. And that's what we really try to lean into, which is that 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 culture that still applies globally. Fascinating. So where do you think you're going to be, I don't know, five years from now? What what do you what are the plans? Our goal is to really ramp up growth in the U.S. So, you know, we expect to have 300 restaurants in the next few years. Um, so doubling of the number of restaurants that we have. We think the total addressable market just in the U.S. is at least 2,000 restaurants, um, especially as we refine the model and get it down to what you'll see in the Dallas market, which is somewhat unique, which is all of the restaurants here are the fast casual version. Outside of this market, the, the majority are casual. So we continue to move to a smaller footprint with higher service uh, or faster service that I think will fuel continue to fuel our growth going forward. And, and do you have, so what are the hours then? Do you, you, you go after lunch and dinner? Lunch and dinner. So we have a really unique model in that we kind of are evenly split. So it's, it's, it's a third is lunch, a third is dinner, and a third is sort of this after hours um, business. So, so we stay open from typically 11, uh, AM to 10 PM. So you can't quite, it's not like quite like Wingstop where you could get away with having one shift. Right. Exactly. Listen, that's a beautiful model uh, from a labor uh, standpoint uh, that, uh, if we could emulate, we, we would, but, uh, we're just a little different. All right, so I'm ready for some Korean fried chicken. I, hopefully the rest <laughs> of the world is too. Flynn Decker, uh, back in the area, and this time with uh, Korean fried chicken and banchan. We wish you all the luck. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, David. Great to be here. Thanks for more of a conversation with Mr. Decker. Go to krld.com slash CEO. I'm David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.